Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. And I'm Ariane Nettles. Ariane, I'm so excited to have you in the studio. I'm happy to be here. So you are a digital producer here at WBEZ. Yes. But I was thinking about it. Have we ever, we have not actually like worked on a project together in like a worky form, have no, we? No, we have only been best friend book <laughs> book buddies. That's it. That's pretty much it. I feel like, too, the more I learn about you, the more I'm like, oh, we are actually, in fact, the same people. Yes, yes. We just love books and taking baths, I feel yes, like. Yes, yes. All of, all of the, the elderly things that we love. Yes. That we the enjoy. grandmotherly tasks yes. in life. <laughs> so that's why I am super excited to have you here. I'm also excited because I think the conversation we're about to have with our guest is a really special one. Nerdette is a show where we talk to your favorite or soon-to-be favorite people, and our guest this week is Glory Adam. Glory is the well-read black girl. And yeah, for people who don't know about well-read black girl, this started as an inside joke, right? Yeah, her partner actually bought her a t-shirt that said well-read black girl, and when she was um, on the train and, and walking around in New York, basically everybody was stopping her and asking her about it. And then from there, it grew into an Instagram account, and now a festival and a book. Yes, Glory has just edited a collection of essays. It is called Well-Read Black Girl, Finding Our Stories, Discovering Ourselves. Let's get to the interview. I know for me, when I was scrolling on Instagram one day and then I saw the Well-Read Black Girl account, I got really excited because the funny thing is that all the books that you were posting were books that I was really excited about and that I have been trying to get my friends to talk about and they weren't really into it like that. Um, (laughs) So it felt like, hey, this is me. I feel like I'm a well-read black girl. And so um, at what point did you realize you kind of had more than just an Instagram account, but really a community and that you were connecting with people on a whole different level. Yeah, I mean, I think there were several things that happened. The the most prominent was just the messages I was getting from young women, just saying, thank mm. you. Thank you for creating the space. I see reflections of myself. And that happened like more than enough times that give to that. It really gave me pause. I'm like, what is happening where um, it's not only just an Instagram account, but people don't see themselves reflected in their libraries and their bookstores, like in, in everyday conversation. Um, yeah. And that idea of like seeing reflections of yourself is essentially the crux of this book, too. Right. Like you've asked authors and actors and activists to consider this question of when you first saw yourself in literature. How did you decide that that was going to be kind of like the central question to this collection of essays? Yeah, I wanted something that was 
very like simple and straight to the point. And I know I had a moment where, you know, I read Maya Angelou and that like really changed my trajectory of the things I read and how I read them and really becoming more critical in terms of like my analysis and how I was like discovering black authors. Prior to that, you know, I read Weathering Heights. I read a lot of like Little Women, of course, like Judy Bloom. I read mm-hmm. vastly, but I wasn't very focused on Black women writers. And not that it didn't exist. Of course, there's like Virginia Hamilton. There's so many incredible writers that exist, but it wasn't part of my um, my personal library. And I just decided to be very intentional about it and read Black women with like more vigor and more analysis. So the club itself just became like this like nucleus of all these like different ideas. So Ariane, I know when you were reading this book, you were tempted yeah. to write your own essay. Oh, yes. Have you yes. done it yet? No, I haven't done it yet, but I am going to. Oh, and my gosh. I'm so happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, by maybe the second or third essay, I was like, oh, I'm ready to write my own. <laughs> because it made me think about um, maybe like, okay, no, really, when is the first time that I yeah. recognize, so, my, yeah, recognize well, myself in a book? What and was it? So it was um, in the Addie books. And so <laughs> Addie was the first um, American Doll's first black doll. And my mom was really intentional. Intention, um, she was really intentional about making sure that I had dolls that were like me and that kind of would have like a similar story. But like the thing is that with Addie, she was a slave. But as you read the book, um, as you read the books or the kind of um, series it kind of turned mm-hmm. into, she escaped from slavery and she yeah. was really responsible and she helped take care of her family and she was really smart and she got good grades at school. And so I was like, oh, oh, that's how I want to be. Like, that right. is me. Because at first I think I was like, well, why does the only um, black doll have to be a slave? And why mm-hmm. does, you know, why does that have to be her narrative or why does that have to be her story? But then I kept reading and I kind of more so fell in love with the idea of like owning your history and like really using that as strength. Like, hey, if Addie could have been any of my ancestors and if she can do all these things, certainly I can go to school and like get good grades. And That's incredible. I'm so glad you, you like, I'm so glad you told that story because it makes, it makes me immediately think of what, even the title Well-Read Black Girl means. Mm -hmm. For me, it definitely is a call to action. There was a time where black men and women could not read in terms of, it was like illegal. You know, you couldn't do those things. I I do think so much about black and like our history, our heritage, the lineage. And I think of books as an inheritance we have. We're able to have the stories, whether it's oral traditions or the actual physical books themselves, we have the stories of our ancestors. And I feel such a responsibility to pass those stories on and to really like elevate the the narratives, whether it's a slave narrative or not, like whatever it is that has to do with the stories of black people that feels so essential to the mission of well-read black girl. Mm-hmm. And 
I I was aware of like slavery and the civil rights movement, all these things in high school and middle school and even elementary to a certain degree. But it wasn't until I was much older that I had a level of understanding that went beyond just like a theorizing it. Like mm-hmm. I was I was like feeling it. Like I read a story and I would just feel like the pain of the, the characters and what it was like to be in that time period and not have access to education. Like I think so much of Satima Clark, who I found, or even like Nanny Barrows, like both of these women are hysterical role models for a well-read black girl. They were activists. They were educators. Mm-hmm. They uh, they moved beyond the idea of just this is how black women are supposed to be. They they had like these like, huge personalities and they were very much about social activism and collective action. I think it's an interesting layer around the representation conversation, too, because, I mean, I can see how a story like Addie would be really important mm-hmm. for you as a little girl, Ari. But I think about, you know, um, Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi yes. Adeyemi mm-hmm. and how cool it is to see, like, these awesome black girl sorcerers, mm-hmm. too, right? And, you know, that idea of even, like, we we talked to Tomi, actually, about her book, and she mentioned when she first heard that the the Harry Potter play, mm-hmm. that one of the main characters, Hermione, was going to be played by a black girl, the first time she heard that, she was just like, wait, is that even possible? Like, oh, that was wow. something that I hadn't even conceived of being <laughs> a thing. You know, and just the idea of, like, having those role models, too, I think is just, like, so exciting and important. Right. Yeah, you can have fictional role models, but you can also have, you know, real ones, too. And it's whatever motivates you and helps you see a stronger image of yourself is what's important. I was really fortunate to attend a historically Black college. I think attending Howard University was the space where I was able to cultivate myself and understand my self-worth because Blackness is always completely centered in that space. Mm -hmm. And as I build Well Wear Black Girl, that is the the feeling and the energy that I always return to. I want our stories and our voices to be centered. The common theme is people don't feel fully heard. And I'm doing my best to change that. Yeah, I love that. And as a fellow HBCU grad... Yes, girl, where'd you go? I went to Florida A&M. Okay. So I'm a Rattler. Okay, I got some friends out there. I know, and so I believe that we are playing you guys soon, and it's really going down. <laughs> Sorry, well, Howard. This, listen, this weekend is homecoming, so everyone's like, how come you're going to D.C. for one day? I'm like, well... Right. It's homecoming weekend. It's homecoming. I just, I, which so is funny. Go. I was reading your book during homecoming, oh, and nice. um, all my friends were calling me an auntie. They're like, "You are such an auntie." I was like, "Well, before <laughs> we kick it, I gotta get my chapters in." Okay, right, right. I was like, you don't understand. Listen, I'm, I'm so thank you for holding it down. Yes, yes, <laughs> all the way in Tallahassee. <laughs> Before the break, just a really quick update. Ari, I'm kind of sad to break this to you, but we did talk to Glory before the football game between (sighs) Howard and Florida A&M. Yeah. And it seems like you already know this, but Howard did win. But you know what? Let me tell you why it's okay. Because they don't have our band, though. They don't have the Marching 100. They just don't. So, yeah, maybe you won the game, but I'm sure you did not win halftime. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad... Yeah. I'm glad you've got that attitude. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> find the rainbow. You got to. More from Glory Edom and Ariane after the break. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's get back to our conversation with Glory Adam. One big theme from her book is about what it's like to reread the same book at different times in your life. There's something about reading a book in different phases of your life um, and seeing just how you've grown as a person and how your perspective has changed and you have a new appreciation for the text. Mm -hmm. That's powerful because it just shows sometimes it, it serves as a... Uh, almost as a litmus test of like, I'm able, I'm growing, you know, like you ever, like you see a picture of yourself, like, oh, I look different. Like, Mm -hmm, oh, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a little thicker in this picture. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just have like a different view of your image. I feel like that happens when I'm reading. I'm like, oh, I feel different when Mm -hmm, I read this. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I have a new idea and take on this. And that is so, that's like, like my test of like, Okay, this is working. I know we're not in the same room, but I'm moving my hands. Right. <laughs> like, like it's like it's like this is happening, um, and I, I love that feeling. I love the idea of like I've grown from reading this. What are some of the books that you go back to? Oh man, I've read Sula several times. I've reread Jazz a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the closing of it. At one point, I was <laughs> I was dating a boy, and I gave him <laughs> I gave him. It's a book. I gave him the, the jazz. And he's like, this is a murder story. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm just like, well, and yeah, that too. But there's a lot of love in there. Right. You know? Right. Like, I was like, look, look past the murder and look at the love. You know? And so I, I think that's it. He was like, you're like, you're crazy. But yeah, but I was like, it's, such, it's a beautiful love story. There's a scene almost in the, the um, I want to say it's like the last chapter where he's talking about the way he looks at this woman and her eyes. And I'm just like, it's just it's so beautifully written. I'm just like, oh, I remember reading it the first time. I'm like, that's what love is. I completely ignored the murder. I'm like, that's what the love is. The look across the room, <laughs> you know. Um, but it also shows you like you see what you want to see. Right. So like I did when I was reading it the first time, I didn't see like. Like, I wasn't seeing the violence that she was explaining or just, like, the the narrator who's like being clearly just talking about um, the racism that that exists. But I, I all I really saw the first time I read it was the love. Um, <laughs> and, and that stood out for me, and that's what I wanted to hold on to. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's just different—you read things in different moments of your life, and I feel like it's very much like a song that you return to or a memory that, like, replays in your mind, but— but it like it lives on paper so you can like open up the book highlight it and you can like sit with it in a different way I love the idea that you're just like what murder alright <laughs> no nobody died know. it's right. fine no look just look at look at my eyes accidents <laughs> <You know>? happen <laughs> right 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 I was completely oblivious but you know the second read I got it oh that's hilarious what are you hoping people take from this book mm, that's such a great question I'm hoping people will reconsider what is on their library shelves, especially when it comes to, you know, men. I want men to pick up this book. I've really thought about my brothers as I was writing it. I want, you know, white women and uh, Latino women. I want, like, Asian American, everyone possible. I want everyone to pick up this book simply because it says, well-read black girl on the, in the title, it should not deter anyone from having this in their library and supporting it and understanding the importance of all the narratives and the essays in the collection. Um, my vision and my hope is it will really help redefine what the literary canon is, and we will give 
we will really pay tribute to all the literary foremothers, whether it's Toni mm. Morrison or Tony K. Bambara or Nikki Giovanni or June Jordan. I hope someone picks this book up in 10 years and they'll be able to like add all these things to their own personal libraries. I want it to just be really a tool and a resource for the reader. Glory Adams' book is called Well-Read Black Girl, Finding Our Stories, Discovering Ourselves. Ari, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. It thank was really you so fun. much for having me. It was the highlight of my 2018. Man, I guess it has been a pretty rough 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is really fun, though, because this is the first actually work thing we've done together. I know. And I we're know. still talking about books. It's we perfect. made it happen. <laughs> we did. We and did. now we can get like matching shirts and wear them around Ooh, the office. Yes. Like you can read with us. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's an invitation. That's very kind. You could if you wanted to. If you, was, if you can keep up. <laughs> perfect. So there's one more piece from this interview that we wanted to share with you. Glory told us that one of the moments where she really knew that she had created more than just a book club was when she got a message from someone named EVA. So we asked her to read it for us. Glory, you are a true gift on earth. Thank you for being bold, building community, and sharing love without limits. It's women like you that enhance the legacy of African women in this country and beyond. It's my prayer that 2016 offers you a new set of perspectives that will radically and positively change your life. I'm grateful to be part of the book club, and I can't wait to see you at the end of the month. With love, EVA. That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. I'm going to cry again. Because <laughs> it was like really that. It was like the top of the year in 2016 where I was like going through a lot of different things, and I just wasn't sure how much of an impact I was having. And um, to get that message just, like, made me feel—it, like, validated things for me and just made me feel, like, a sense of wholeness. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, is is it working? Or, like, do people feel it? Do people feel good? I feel good. Does that mean other people feel good? Um, and so I'm, I feel like I'm really conscious of that. And when I got this message, it just made me feel like—I was like, yeah, like, this is working. And and you are doing it, which is really thanks. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right, we got we got to let you go, but thank okay. you so much. This really was just like wonderful to talk. Yeah. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking to you both. The show is produced by myself, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our co-creator is Trisha Bobita. Our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. Our intern is Sophie Lalonde. And our magical guest co-host this week is Ariane Nettles. <laughs> People can't see you making I didn't excited know, I didn't know if I was supposed to say Do anything. It. Do it. Yeah, you want to read the next chunk? Glory left us with a little homework. Oh, good. Yeah, and it is to watch Black's Blues Black, which is a TV documentary series about Maya Angelou, which I've never seen before. Me neither. That's exciting. Maybe we should get together and actually hang out outside of work. Yes, and then we can have melatonin with our dinner. (laughs) 
so that we can go to bed at a reasonable hour. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. It's such a beautiful idea, Ariane. <laughs> Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on NPR One or listen in the WBEZ app. It is also super helpful if you leave us some stars on Apple Podcasts. Many thanks to The Falling Feminist for the review. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are at Podcast. Hey, we have a newsletter. You would probably like it. Ariane, you're going to put some links in it this week. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. I'm really excited because I put a link in it to this amazing buttermilk roasted chicken that <gasps> I made with my mom last week. Actually, my mom made it. I should be honest. I had very little to do with it, but it was delicious. Sounds good. I'm making it. Good. Perfect. You're making it for us. Yes. We're just going to put the melatonin right in there. Right inside. <laughs> right in the crust. <laughs> you can get our newsletter when you sign up at wbez.org slash nerdsletter. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Say do your homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. Just do it. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.